0: Ooh, don't wait. Visit com slash save sono slash save sono slash save
2: Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out.
0: Text KID to 323232.
3: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at X-Zone Radio TV dot com On MSN Messenger, Radio TV at hotmail.com. And our website, TV.com. My guest this hour is Dina Budd. We're going to be talking to Dina about the Weezer Field Guide to Cryptozoology. Now, Dina writes articles for BellaOnline.com as their paranormal editor. And her website, or the website to check out, is BellaOnline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal that's www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal and dina welcome to the x-zone
5: hi thank you i'm happy to be here
3: we're happy that you're with us tell me where did your interest in cryptozoology come from
5: well i've always been interested in all aspects of the paranormal since i was a kid and Mm -hmm. i'd hurry home to watch dark shadows after school every evening i um you know i started using the ouija board as a kid and And it just kind of went from there. I uh, I had written a few articles on my website about cryptids, and I was contacted by the publishing company, and they asked me if I would be interested in writing a book on skyfish. And I didn't feel like there's enough information for an entire book on that subject, so they said, how about a book on cryptozoology? And that's how it all got started.
3: Tell me, what are skyfish?
5: Skyfish, oh, it's so interesting. They're my favorite cryptids. They are creatures that are... Said to undulate through the air around us, too fast to be perceived by the human eye, and they uh, range in size from a few inches to a hundred feet in length.
3: Are these the skyfish that uh, Jose uh, Escamilla yes. had had discovered?
5: Right. Uh, yes.
3: Fascinating topic, really fascinating. Now, have you ever seen any?
5: Not yet, but I do have. I'm going to go down July the 31st. I'm going to go over to Joplin, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go sky fishing. So I I can't wait to find out. You know all about that. It's going to be fun.
3: Now, why would you have to go to Joplin to do sky fishing? Yeah. There? couldn't you do it outside <laughs> your own house?
5: I guess if I had the proper equipment, I could I ah. could do it right here. But um, this guy is his name is Nick Corey, and he's an expert at sky fishing, and so he's going to show me how it's all done.
3: What do you think sky fish are?
5: It's hard to say. There's so many different theories. You know, some people believe they are creatures from other dimensions mm-hmm. that have have gone uh, through portals into this. Into our dimension, some people believe they're atmospheric beasts that live in the atmosphere of our planet. Um, of course, there's always the old alien theory. A lot of people believe they're they're alien creatures of yeah.
3: some kind. It doesn't sound like you buy that last one.
5: Oh sure, I'm open. I'm open. I have no idea what they could be, so I'm open to all the theories. You know, until until one of them is proven.
3: All right, you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back on the other side in two minutes. Exo Nation. Dina Bud's our special guest. We're talking about cryptozoology this hour here in the X1. www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal. Dina and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, our toll-free worldwide number, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at TV.com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradio.com. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away.
0: Ooh, don't wait. Visit SonoBello.com slash save. SonoBello.com slash save. SonoBello.com slash save.
2: Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto.
3: Tracker,
1: Tom was a man with dreams, and Ernie came along and I wrote the songs about a creature that few's ever seen, monsters myths, and mysteries, legend tales and facts, it brought us all together, and it's a reason for the fact, up in North California, where the redwoods reach the skies, Three men with a gold and a pack that they'd hold and a promise till the day that they die. Answers to the questions.
3: Dina Bud's my special guest this hour here in the X Zone, everyone. And uh, Dina is the author of the Weezer Field Guide to Cryptozoology, which includes information, interviews, and stories about uh, 40 different cryptoids seen in various places all over the world by credible eyewitnesses like policemen, rangers, and doctors. Now, members of the Exo Nation and other readers will learn where and how to find flying humanoids, hairy humanoids, giants of all kinds, including rabbits, bats, and spiders, goblins, vampires, werewolves, demons, aliens, and ghosts. Wow, you cover a lot of stories in your book.
5: And there were so many more that I could have chosen. It was very difficult to narrow it down to
3: the forty. Okay, let's let's start off with Bigfoot because everyone knows about Bigfoot. A couple of years ago, thanks to Tom Biscardi, Bigfoot got a big black eye when he came up with that frozen, uh, what, what he claimed to be a carcass that the world found out was later than nothing more than a costume. Um, how did how did Tom Biscardi and this this publicity stunt? affect the credibility of of Bigfoot researchers around the world?
5: Well, there have been so many sightings of Bigfoot for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't even include that in my book because... There's just too much material. I mean, it, it seems redundant to include that chapter in my book. You know, you could have many, many books on Bigfoot. So um, I kind of referred to him in the Ohio Grassman because he could could be considered a Bigfoot. But there's so many different names and so mm-hmm. many different areas where Bigfoot is cited that there's a lot of information out there.
3: Something that something that I found amazing when I was uh, when I was browsing through uh, the book copy was that. You actually included the unicorn as a cryptid.
5: You know that was very difficult to decide what to include and what not to include yeah. because many, many cryptozoologists do include. They even include zombies and and, and uh, unicorns and vampires and werewolves. But many others only consider the hairy humanoids as the cryptids so that was kind of a difficult decision and i kind of had fun with it and included creatures that i don't necessarily believe in like the uh, Encantados, the dolphin men of brazil or the clericons which are kind of like leprechauns but Mm -hmm. they hang out in your in your cellar and guard your wine
3: (laughs) what was your most fascinating chapter or your most fascinating cryptid that that you wrote about
5: I really believe the skyfish, the rods, are my favorites. I just Mm -hmm. think that they are so fascinating. But to think that there are these creatures undulating in the air all around us that we cannot see, that's amazing to me.
3: What will it mean to cryptid research if other members of the cryptid family were to be discovered? For example, Bigfoot or the Chupacabra or the unicorn. What
5: would it mean for the research? Yeah.
3: Like, right now, crypt- uh, cryptozoology is looked at by many as woo wooism You know, something that's far out. A bunch of people get together, chug back the Jack Daniels, and there you've got cryptozoology. Because there's been a lot of claims made over the years with no evidence whatsoever.
5: Right. Well, I do think that with the, uh, the advent of all these, these phones with cameras on mm-hmm. them that, that perhaps we will be seeing more and more evidence that these creatures do exist. Everyone seems to be carrying a camera on them nowadays, you know, so hopefully that's going to change.
3: And yet, you know, the cameras have been on camera phones for over four years now and still no photos.
5: (laughs) Well, I don't know what to tell you about that. Mm. I just wrote this book for fun, and I really did lots of research, and there are so many credible witnesses, you know, police officers and state troopers and, and so many reputable people have seen so many of these creatures that it's hard for me to deny the existence of some of them
3: what was it you know have you have you ever seen a cryptid yourself or what was it in the paranormal that drew you to writing about paranormal for bella online and and why did you know what's behind dina budd what why is she so interested in the paranormal
5: well actually i have seen many odd things in my life i don't know that um they could necessarily be considered cryptids. Mm -hmm. I had quite an experience with the Ouija board. I believe that I encountered a demon and, um, you know, I've seen many paranormal things, but uh, I've probably seen a a chupacabra. I I mean, that might be one cryptid that I could say that I've seen. There's a a couple, but but actually uh, my interest in the paranormal goes much deeper than that. I've had some very scary experiences.
3: Can you share your experience with the Ouija board with us? Because, you know, I've always thought that Ouija boards are are something you just
5: stay away from. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I was always doing seances and using the Ouija board, and nothing scary Mm -hmm. happened. It just seemed kind of fun. Then I got older, and um, about 16 years ago, I happened to find a friend of mine who had passed away. And I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to, to try out this Ouija board again after all these years. So I got my old one out, and a friend of mine... Uh, one that was still alive, we uh, we tried to contact my friend that had passed away. And my friend had never met the other friend that had passed away, He never met. Him, so he did not know any of the answers to the questions I was asking the Ouija board. And, oh, my goodness, it was definitely my, my dead friend was there. He was there, he was there all night long. I talked to him hour after hour after hour. That planchette was just flying all over that Ouija board answering questions and he it was his sense of humor. It was wonderful. It was a very wonderful experience. The next night I went back and I tried to talk to him again and he wasn't there. And some scary things started happening. They started referring to Zozo. Uh, Zozo is coming and beware of Zozo and these kinds of things. And um, it, it was rather frightening. So I um, i went online and tried to find something about this Zozo. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing online about Zozo. So I kind of just quit using the Ouija board and forgot about it. My daughter in the meantime grew up. So about ten years after this point she went out and bought her own Ouija board and she the very minute she started using it, Zozo was right there saying, your mother has opened a door that, that you know, she, she, she never closed. And, and um, I was standing, I was getting ready to walk in the door. I had just come home from work, and I was getting ready to walk in the door. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. she was inside using a Ouija board, and it spelled out, hello, Dina. And uh, it scared her so much, all the things it was telling her, that she ended up going to talk with a Catholic priest. We are not Catholic, but she was really frightened, and she quit using it. And then I went online, and, oh, my gosh, Zozo is all over. He, he's all over. He is the demon of the Ouija board and so many people have had these encounters with this demon. It's just crazy because, you know, ten years before that there was nothing. Nothing. It's just it's just really it was frightening. And actually there um there's a man that's um uh, that's writing a book about Zozo and um there's gonna supposed to be a documentary made also because these group of, this group of people feel that, you know, these, these things are not toys, and yet they're marketed to even children. You can go into a department store, Any toy story, and the Ouija board's yeah. all pink and pretty, and, mm-hmm. and it's just really scary.
3: What gives the Ouija board the power? Is it the person using the planchette or is it actually a doorway into another dimension?
5: Well, um, now some people I talk to believe it's not the Ouija board itself that it, that is dangerous. You know that it it is the person that's focusing mm-hmm. their attention on trying trying to open this doorway. You know, and and so um, you know I guess some people do have more of this ability or, or ability to focus, or I, I don't know what it is that that creates the, the ability for some people to reach the other side. I, I have no idea. You know, maybe some people are, are at a vulnerable time in their, in their life and they're not as strong as they would normally be. I don't know. But um, I, I do believe they're dangerous. And I wouldn't have said that, you know, 20 years ago. I would have laughed at that.
3: So, Dina, once this doorway is open, how, how do you close it and how do you make sure that Zozo or any other uh, negative entity is, is on the other side? When you close well,
5: before it. you ever use a Ouija board, you need to take precautions to, for safety. you know you need to to, to to do certain procedures to make sure that you're in a safe environment. You need to um, call up on your higher power and ask for protection. You, you shouldn't just go into it without, without any kind of, of protection in place because it is scary.
3: So has Zozo had any negative effect uh, since your daughter opened uh, you know started playing with the Ouija board?
5: No, once we quit, we quit using the Ouija board, um, pretty much that, that was the end of that. Unreal. Wow. I mean, I've heard, uh, though I've heard of other people, like if you go online, you can read about other people who have encountered a, kind of a reptilian being that appears to them that claims to be Zozo. You know, luckily that didn't happen to me. Now, I do, um, huh, during this time that I was using the Ouija board, um, my kids were very small at the time, and I, they used to come up and sleep with me, and I heard their little footsteps, but they didn't come on over to the bed, and I reached over and turned on the light, mm-hmm. and it was not my children. There was a, a small, dark-haired man sitting at my computer table, and this was just right after you know I talked to Zozo or whatever, and, and um, he just kind of faded away. Nothing further happened, but I, I feel that that might somehow be related.
3: How did, you, how did you feel seeing this little guy sitting at your computer? computer table
5: i I was scared i have to admit i was i was really scared but you know i had a another experience years ago in new mexico that was even more frightening i always like to um explore abandoned houses and such Mm -hmm. and i had been to this house in the middle of the desert Uh, it was just a beautiful house with this wraparound porch but yet had been abandoned and i um i went to walk walk in the door and i saw these two red eyes kind of wavering up in the air, kind of like the pig's eyes from the Amityville Horror. And so, um, so immediately I left and I, and I went home and, um, I was in bed that night and my bed started vibrating and I lived alone. You know, there, I had no pet at the time. I was just me. And, um. It was so frightening the way, because it was really shaking. So I kind of just um, sat up against the back of the bed, not sure what to do. Not sure what to do. I didn't want to like reach over and turn on the light because I was afraid something would grab me. Well, then after a couple of hours of sitting like that, something tugged. On, on my covers twice, two hard tugs, and that did it. You know, I jumped up in my bed. I, I was standing in my bed, and I leaned over and turned on the light, and then I leaped off my bed, and I ran through my, my house and started turning on all the lights, and I grabbed my Bible, and I started just reading randomly from the Bible and just saying, you know, this is my house. You know, right. You're know, you not going to scare me out of my home and, and all these things. And, and uh, my bed kept vibrating the whole time. Finally, after a couple of hours, I went back to bed, and I put my Bible under the pillow, and I just kept saying these same things and praying, I fell asleep with my bed vibrating, and I woke up the next morning and, and it was gone. There was nothing. I
3: don't, I don't know if that would have been me. I would have been at the uh, at the Super 8 motel with my kids and no time flat, I'll tell you. <laughs>
5: Well, if I had children, it probably would have been uh, different. But at that time, I did not. It was okay. just me. So, All right.
3: Stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Dina Buds, our special guest, exaltation. BellaOnline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal. We'll be back on the other side talking about Bigfoot, werewolves, uh, flying humanoids, and much more. Don't go away.
2: You're listening to the
3: Exxon Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network x Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone zone at x On MSN Messenger, x TV at Hotmail.com. And our website, wwwx TV.com.
2: Love was blast that broken pot Give me faith. I, I, love the colorful clothes she wears And the
3: way
1: the sunlight plays upon her hair I hear the sound of a gentle mood On the way that beverage her perfume through
3: the air Welcome back, everyone. Dina Buds, our special guest, bellaonline.com Good vibration. Good vibration forward slash paranormal and Dina is the author of the third edition I believe of the Weezer Field Guide or it's the third book I'm no it's the third book of the Weezer Field Guide uh, Bella is the online paranormal editor for no uh, she uh, Dina is guys Dina is the online editor for Bella online uh, in the paranormal section and um, in this book Deaner surveys the still-emerging field of cryptozoology, and that uh, term was coined in the 1950s, and what it basically means is the study of hidden or, or unknown animals not recognized in standard zoology. Now, from traditional cryptids like Bigfoot, the abominable snowman, and Nessie, to myth uh, mythical cre- uh, cryptids like unicorns, vampires, dragons, and werewolves, to lesser-known cryptoids... Um, which include uh, Thunderbirds, Mothman, and Chupacabra. These creatures are very much alive, says Dina, if beyond the realm of normal perception. Now, what do you mean by that, beyond the realm of normal perception, Dina?
5: I never said that. You know, I don't know why that keeps popping up that I said that, because... That's not what I said. (laughs) And I don't believe that all of these creatures are alive. I'll tell you,
3: this is is the information that is on the Internet when it comes to the book. I know.
5: I know. I keep seeing that everywhere. And I don't know why someone said I said that when that's not what I said. But... But uh, I do believe that many of these creatures do exist. You know, the giant catfish, I've known about that creature since I was a, a kid. Yeah. You know, because I live right by the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and I've always heard about them living underneath. they you know, bigger than men. and. Um, so, all right, course, so, le- the- so
3: let me ask you this. Uh, let me see. Um, when it comes to the information that is, uh, that is on the Neb, and this is from the people at Weezer, uh, what do you believe in? Or, you know, like, what... What do you talk about, you know, the unicorns, vampires, dragons, werewolves, uh, do you believe in them?
5: Well, I sure am open to the possibility, but like I said, the Encantados, the document in Brazil, right. I do not believe that they exist. I, I put that in for fun. The clericons, you know, I don't believe that there's little leprechauns hanging out in your cellar guarding your wine. I put that in for fun. But there, I do believe in many of them. You know, I believe in the skyfish. Okay. I believe in the giant creatures and the Kentucky goblins. There's too many credible witnesses, too many sightings of many of these creatures to, de- to deny that they exist.
3: What is a Kentucky goblin?
5: So well, that was a very interesting story. That these goblins actually attacked these two families in this farmhouse um, years ago. I think it was in 1955 in, um, in the Kelly Hopkinsville area. And these creatures, there were many of them. They were glowing. They were three to four feet tall. Their skin was kind of metallic looking. And before these creatures started popping up out of the woods, they had seen... Um, Lights in the sky; these colorful flames that flew through the sky and then landed back behind the farmhouse. Then, about an hour later, these creatures started uh started coming out of the woods and attacking the house.
3: How about the Mothman prophecy and the Mothman? Uh, what's your take on that?
5: Well, there were more than a hundred sightings of the Mothman, so I know that there was something. I, I definitely believe there was there was something. You know. Um, actually, in 1961, the Mothman was first spotted in the air by a father and a daughter in the Ohio River Valley. Uh, in 1966, some cemetery workers saw, uh, saw the, the Mothman. Um, he, he was evidently uh, living at an abandoned TNT factory at the time. And uh, large wings, you know, 10 foot span, red glowing eyes, man shaped. And he used to chase couples down the highway around that area. And then, of course, you know you know probably about the, the collapse of the Silver Bridge mm-hmm. over the Ohio River. And uh, many of the, the people, that, there were 46 people that died. And it was so odd because many, many of the people who died in that bridge collapse had been talking about being visited by the Mothman. And so a lot of people think that perhaps, uh, you know, he was trying to warn these people of the bridge collapse. But many others believe that he might have caused it.
3: When was the last time there was a Mothman sighting, to your knowledge?
5: Oh, it's it's been probably a couple of decades.
3: What do you what do you think happened to him?
5: Hard to say. Hard to say. He actually most of the sightings kinda kinda stopped after the collapse of the bridge, you know. He was seen very very few mm. times after that. And I you know, I have a chapter in my book, The Flying Flying Humanoids, and so perhaps, you know, after the collapse of the bridge when the the majority of the sightings stopped, other people could have seen maybe other types of flying humanoids, and they thought maybe it was the Mothman that they were seeing. It's hard to say.
3: Where are most of the flying humanoid sightings made, are, or are they sporadic, spread out, uh, concentrated? Oh, they're
5: everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, you know, Fall City, Nebraska, the Flying Man of Fall City, Nebraska, is one of my, one of the chapters in my book. I, I, um, I guess during you know there was a period of time when he was <laughs> he was seen in Falls City, Nebraska, uh, quite often. Now the, the this flying man had a kind of an apparatus attached to his back, kind of a shoulder harness. And there are many other types of flying humanoids. Some are winged, um, you know. Some have no apparatus at all, and not even wings, you know. So. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I tend to believe that these flying humanoids are different types of creatures. They're not all the same types of creatures.
3: Do these come in uh, in in uh, what's the word they use in ufology um, when it, flaps? Do you do you, do flying human uh, stories come in flaps like UFOs come in flaps or?
5: It seems like it. Uh, yes.
3: Do you think there's a connection between flying humans and UFOs?
5: I believe that it's
3: very, very possible. Yes. Now, also, uh, according to the information we have here in your book, is a is a chapter on dragons. Uh huh. What what you know? Dragons seem to have been part of history, and um, you know, when people think of dragons now, they think of the Galapagos Islands or the giant uh, the giant uh, Chinese or is it Japanese uh, Komodo dragons? But have there been sightings of flying dragons and sea serpents recently?
5: No, I, I uh, really think that it's the Komodo dragons that you know that I talk mm-hmm. about mostly in my book. But um, you know, there there have been some some creatures that, uh, that are even considered larger than normal for the Komodo dragon that have been that have been spotted. Also, you know, it's possible that they are just extra-large Komodo dragons, really? or maybe there's something else. And like you said earlier, you know, we it's hard to find proof of these creatures, yeah. so and no pictures.
3: Tell me, when it comes to vampires, everybody loves to talk about vampires, and, you know, vampires are still part of modern mythology. They've got uh, them on the television and movies. Are vampires real? Do they really suck the blood out of your neck, and do they actually possess supernatural powers?
5: Well, now, my chapter does talk about vampires that... Uh, that do possess supernatural powers. Um, I think the vampires that we hear about a lot today, the vampire cults, um, they there's an awful lot of people out there that like to think they're vampires. Um, uh, maybe they do have uh some kind of um need mm-hmm. to suck blood. But um I, I don't know. My I'm still up in the air about how I feel about those types of vampires. But the ones I wrote about are the luguru vampires of the West Indies. And they're kind of um they used to be witches, they used to be hags that uh that made deals with the devil. And um, then they were given these mm-hmm. magical powers in exchange for providing the devil with blood. And uh, they would gather at at this at a devil's tree or at uh, the silk cotton tree each night, and they would take off their human skins and they would transform into balls of fire. And um, so the, in the West Indies, people were always seeing these flashes of fire and they mm-hmm. were just certain it were these vampires. And then sometimes the natives, natives would wake up in the morning and they, they had no energy, they had no enthusiasm, and they had no doubt that the Uyghurru had, um, had been at them during the night, draining them of their blood and their vital essence.
3: You know, that's, that reminds me of, of a story I once heard um, down in the islands of these of, of these people who at night take off their skin and then their pure spirit or energy... Is released, and I'm just wondering if there's correlation between what you were just talking about and this myth. And this is from the Bahamas as well as uh, Jamaica.
5: Wow, oh, I do uh. think there must be some kind of kind of connection there. Yeah, there couldn't be. That's very interesting.
3: What would you say to people who doubt that the paranormal is real?
5: You know, there's so many people that yeah. doubt it. You know, I'm, I guess really, if you haven't experienced something yourself. It's hard to believe in it, you know. I mean, I have no doubt because I've had so many odd experiences. But uh, you know, there's a lot of people that just go through their life and they prefer living their mundane existence <laughs> with their nine to five jobs. Yeah. <laughs> They're happy that way, and more power to them if they can be happy that way. But I'm always looking for for other things. I'm always I always am curious. I'm very curious,
3: Dina. If you don't mind it, I would just like to go back to that. The story you were telling us before the commercial break, and, I, and like I was telling you on the break, I got goosebumps when you were talking about how your bed was vibrating, and you know how you you actually fell asleep with a bed vibrating, and and the Bible. Well, I know. Uh, did it? Did you ever find out who or what the entity was that was causing this, and, and why?
5: No, no, I never found out any more about it. I have no idea. I have no, no idea what it could possibly have been. You know, maybe maybe this Zozo thing had, had formed some kind of an attachment to me before I, even, you know, before I even realized it, before I even was aware, because, you know, I wasn't using the Ouija board during that time. It was after I moved back here a few years after that. I don't know. I don't know what it could have been.
3: ExoNation, Dina Butt is our special guest, and uh, she is the author of the Weezer Field Guide to Cryptozoology www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal. Tell us about Bella Online.
5: Well, um, Bella Online is is, um, the second largest online women's magazine. Mm -hmm. And um, you can go there for advice on just about any subject you could possibly think of. And I started working as a paranormal editor, oh, about two and a half years ago. And I, every week I write a different article related to the paranormal, or um, you know, UFOs, right. cryptozoology, hauntings.
3: When it comes to the to the readers of Bella Online, have you seen a particular interest in anyone, uh, uh, anyone segment or or episode that you've written on? For example, ghost hauntings, things that go bump yeah, in the night. Hauntings UFO-
5: are the most popular, definitely, and really? and I get a lot of um, people really do. Um, do have a lot of of worries in their life. People really do worry that there's some kind of a negative force in their life, and I often get, get asked for help in these areas. And, you know, if you do have something in your life, some paranormal activity going on that you're not comfortable with, I would be happy to help you with that or send you to someone who can.
3: What is the one common factor that all these people who have problems or or negative experiences with the paranormal have in common? Have you been able to establish that?
5: Uh, The main thing is that they're afraid. I think fear, I think fear can draw these things to you.
3: Now, would you say that these people have stable home lives, uh, happy home lives, that they have set religious beliefs, or are these people who may be in the middle of a crisis in their life that, that the negativity that they're experiencing is opening them and making them more susceptible to the paranormal
5: that's hard to say i do believe that um, that it just it, it's all walks of people you know all kinds of mm-hmm. people have have written and asked me for help and i don't know that i can that there's any one thing that they have in common i don't know mm-hmm. I, I think that i do think though that it, if you're in a vulnerable time of your life mm-hmm that you're more open to these things.
3: One of the other topics uh, that I've always associated with cryptozoology is the Loch Ness Monster. And I was wondering if in your book you talked about uh, Nessie.
5: No, no, because that is another one Other besides uh, Bigfoot that there's so much information about that I didn't... I, now, I did write about bunyits, water horses, mm-hmm. so I did, um, did devote a little bit of time to, um, to the water water creatures but I didn't there's no chapter just on Nessie there's so much out there it,
3: it, did you write any chapters on any of the other lake monsters and sea monsters from around the world
5: well now the bunyips are um, are creatures that were well they were sighted throughout the 1800s mm-hmm. in um, Scotland and Ireland and, and around around that area you know not not in the United States um, I think New South Wales um creature was seen there also and the kind of um, it's an amphibious monster it's about the size of a a little pony (laughs) kind of resembles a sheepdog shaggy hair black sometimes it has wings sometimes flippers or claws you know it's described all different ways Mm. um I do think that there there was a in 1872 a a newspaper talked about um, three men were watching a a bunyip a dog faced bunyip that was in uh, New South Wales for about a half hour they watched this creature and um Uh, he's he's been been, the convenience are are actually seen quite often
3: All right, stand by you and I have to take our final break for this hour Exxon Nation Dina Budd is our guest www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal and site is S-I-T-E not S-I-G-H-T so that's S-I-T-E forward slash paranormal we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break As the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Dina Buds, our special guest, www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal. And Dina is the author of the Weezer Field Guide to Cryptozoology. It's available at Amazon.com, exonation Nation. And uh, first of all, Dina, as, as I was saying to, uh, to you uh, between the breaks, uh, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a great hour. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your personal experiences with us. Uh, what would you what would you like to say, or what would you like people to leave with after reading the uh, Weezer Field Guide to Cryptozoology?
5: Well, I just would like to open up their eyes to, to many of the different creatures that are out there that they may not be aware of. Um, to be on the lookout for some of these creatures. Um, it's a guide, like, you know, it is the Weiser Field Guide to Cryptozoology. So, you know, this does, you know, gives you a different, um, different little bits of information as to where to look and, and how to prepare yourself mm-hmm. for some of these creatures.
3: How does one prepare themselves?
5: Well, oh, it depends on which one you're looking for. <laughs> mm.
3: So, so, all right. can you give us an example of, of one cryptid and how to prepare yourself for it?
5: Well, well like with the skyfish that I'm going to have the opportunity to see uh, in July, um, you know, you have to have a, a decent video camera mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of patience, a lot of patience. So... Uh, I, actually, I could call you after after I have this encounter and tell you what it's all about if you'd like.
3: I'd love to I'd love that
5: okay, I will do that then.
3: One of the topics is is thunderbirds. Uh, are we talking about the thunderbirds that were talked about by the First Nations?
5: Yes, yes.
3: what can you tell us I about am. that
5: well, now I actually um live pretty close. I live in Missouri, and mm-hmm. over in Illinois. Um, is my story is about this young man? He was ten years old, named Marlon Lowe. That was actually carried by a thunderbird. He was actually um, it was in seventy seven, nineteen seventy seven, and he was playing outside in his yard with his friends, and this big, huge bird picked him up and carried him for I think about forty feet before it dropped him. He didn't happen. I mean, that's not very far from where I live at all. I, I remember hearing about that years ago, and now, I'd like to talk to Marlon. <laughs>
3: Could it have been an eagle? Could it have been a uh, falcon? Could it have been a different type of predatory bird instead of a thunderbird?
5: Well, you know, anything is possible, but from from what the eyewitnesses said, it was way, way too big to be anything like that. It was just huge, and there were actually a pair of them. There were two of them.
3: Dina, thanks very much for joining us. Great talking to you. I wish you much success. And please give us a call when you get back from your sky fishing, and we'll get you back on. Sounds great. All right, you take care of yourself now. Exo Nation, Dina Budd has been our guest this hour. www.bellaonline.com forward slash site forward slash paranormal. That's www.bellaonline.com forward slash site. Forward slash paranormal. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past as the X-Zone continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. If you'd like to send me an email, xzone at X-Zone Radio TV.com. And don't forget, check out the Paragators TV series website at www.paragators.org. I'll be back. Don't go away.